If you're new here, uh, you probably have some questions. Do you always have uh, buckets up on stage um, and little plastic shovels? And if you're, uh, no, we don't. Uh, and then number two, if you come here often and you're wondering, is that little plastic shovel the gift you said you were going to give us? Yeah. It is. So whatever you had uh, in your mind, just put it out of there. We are at an exciting day today, not just because we have our annual meeting after this service and we'll be getting out early, and so that, that's kind of fun, um, but we're kicking off a series, um, a 12-week series that I am very, very, very excited about, probably more excited than I have been in a series before, and uh, because I think this will be able to look back, hopefully, as we look back at 2014, we'll look back at this day and go, that was the day I made that decision. That was the day I kind of, things kind of changed for me. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going through 12 weeks of uh, this series called Dig Deep. And what we're doing is we're matching it along with the work that's going to be done on campus. And so uh, right now, and we'll talk about this at the annual meeting, uh, the city of Garden Grove is hard at work uh, f- uh, fixing up our plans for the patio out here and the children's play equipment and all that kind of stuff. And here's the question that I have for us kicking off this uh, series. What good does it do to fix up the outside of the church if we're not fixed up on the inside? Like what good does it do to make it beautiful on the outside if we're not beautiful people on the inside? And that's what the next 12 weeks is going to be talking about. It's going to be very personal. There'll be some things that I'll ask you to do that for some people are super uncomfortable. Uh, I won't embarrass you, but I'm going to stretch you a little bit. I'm going to stretch myself a little bit. Some of these exercises that we do, you're like, what exercises? If you're visiting, you're like, I'm out of here. How do I get out of here? Uh, uh, some of the exercises that we're going to do for some of you, it comes really naturally. And you're like, this is the greatest week ever. And then the next week you're going, oh man, really? I have to do that? But just understand I'll have different like I'll have different exercise like if you're an overachiever and you're like I want to go for the like the the I want the hardcore stuff we got some of that and if you're like ah oh, I'm kind of a sissy we got little baby exercises for you too <laughs> But we call it like soul training. And and what we're trying to do and what I'm trying to do in my own life in the next 12 weeks, because I'm going to join you with all these different things. I won't ask you to do anything that I'm not going to do is get myself out of the routine. Shake my life up a little bit. Kind of begin to look at my patterns. Are they healthy patterns? If they're not healthy patterns, how do I get rid of them? If they are healthy patterns, how do I make them healthier? And so we're going to be talking about that over the 12 weeks with the understanding that all this time we're doing this, they're going to be tearing up all that patio stuff and it's going to be a wreck. At the same time, we'll probably be a wreck. Uh, But when it's all done, hopefully we'll look better a year from now than we did today. Okay, so that's where we're going. Uh, like I said, we're going to go a little shorter this morning than normal so we can get, uh, get started on that meeting. And if you're new and you're like, I want to stick around for the business meeting, you totally can. They're a lot of fun. They don't last too long. And you'll get an idea of where the church is going. And so uh, hopefully that will answer some of your questions. And uh, we'll bring in our, our new board as well. Uh, Jesus was, uh, in Luke chapter 6 is where we're going to be going. Jesus was, uh, this is what they call the sermon on the plane. Uh, Not on a plane, not like snakes on a plane, sermon on a plane. It's a sermon on the plane, P-L-A-I, however you spell it. Um, And it's like, wow, he's super smart. Just hang on. 
but the Sermon on the Mount is the, the, kind of the famous one. The Sermon on the Plain is kind of a lot like that. And so some scholars are like, is it the same thing? Is it the, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. We're going to be reading out of the Sermon on the Plain. And what Jesus is going to be talking about is exactly what we're talking about in this Dig Deep series. What, is, what does a changed life look like? What is a life that is, is moving in, the, in God's direction? What does it look like? And so Jesus starts off with uh, a, a couple of parables and some famous scripture verses that, um, that you've probably used even in your office without knowing it. He, the first one, we're not going to put up behind me until we get to verse 46, but verse uh, 39 says this, uh, can the blind lead the blind? You ever use that phrase before? Oh, it's like the blind leading the blind. Yeah, you stole that from Jesus. Okay, that was his idea. And he asked the question, can the blind lead the blind? The answer, of course, is no. He says, they're, they're both going to fall into a pit. And, and so this is the kind of rhetoric Jesus is using. And he's, he's kind of like, look, if your life isn't like straightened out, you can't help anyone else with their life. If you've got issues in your life that, that you've just had over and over and over again and you, you can't help people and you kind of get the idea that Jesus is saying, look, we kind of have a responsibility to each other to work out our own stuff. You see, oftentimes we, we talk about, you know, well, look, it's, it's my life, it's my personal thing, what's it to you? But the Bible, it's so rich with community that in fact my life, me, if I'm held back, there's a sense I'm holding you back and vice versa. Not just because I'm the pastor, but because we're part of a community, okay? And so that's what he's talking about. He says, they're both going to fall into a pit. And then he says, like, kind of like Confucius, the student is not above the teacher. I, I don't, you know, that just came out of nowhere. And then verse 41, and, and we've probably used this too. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And we use that on each other sometimes, don't we? Like, well, why don't you look at what, you know, you're no Mr. Perfect or, you know, however you say it, that's essentially the whole thing. But watch what Jesus says. This is super, super important. As we look at a blind person can't lead a blind person. And there might come, come some times when we need to lead one another and help one another. So too, he's saying, you can't help somebody until you get the speck out of your, uh, the, the log or the plank that's in your own eye. Now watch what he says. Brother, uh, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck uh, out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye. Now watch. Then you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus isn't saying, look, you got a log in your eye. Don't even talk to him. No, he's saying, get your stuff worked out so that you're able to help lead somebody else. You see what I'm saying? And this is the pattern that Jesus is talking about. He goes on again. He uses another analogy. This time in, in gardening or in uh, agriculture. That no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things that are uh, out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. <laughs> Yikes. That sounds scary. So Jesus is talking about the insides of us. If, if, if we can start getting some of our own stuff worked out, we're going to be able to help other people, the people we come in contact with every day. And this is the pattern. So Jesus 
Now we'll start looking at in verse 46. This is kind of the pivotal verse of this whole section of scripture. He says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? In other words, he's saying, why do you just give me lip service? Uh, another way to say it is you're all talk and no action. <laughs> you know, that's one of the ways to say it. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Now, how you view Jesus, you're going to view this differently. For some of you, you think he might be angry. It's like, oh, it might be frustrated. It might be super disappointed in you, right? And you kind of read that and you think, oh, I know, I blew it again. But what if he's pleading? What if he's going, oh, man, if you would put this stuff into action, if you'd actually do it, Instead of just hearing it, oh man, your relationship with God will be deeper than it's ever been before. See, it all depends on which Jesus is saying this. Well, we know Jesus' heart is always full of compassion. He looked upon the crowds with compassion. He's a God of compassion. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And then he says this. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words, there's something empowering about coming and hearing. I, I, don't, I don't know if um, you've ever had this happen. Maybe it's happened here or whatever, where, where you go and you hear someone talk and it's, it's inspirational. You, know, you might go hear about somebody, uh, someone might give a talk about how they got over tragedy and you look and you think, oh, or how they forgave. And, and, and it's just, it's empowering. When, when you, to be a hearer is not a bad thing. You go and hear from Christ and you go, man, that is just awesome. But watch what he says. Don't just be empowered by the hearing. What, he says, for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they're like. If you hear and do, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do? James says it the same way about faith and works and all this kind of stuff. You know, it, we do. And so he says, he puts them in practice. I'm going to show you what they're like. Now watch this. He says, they are like a man building a house who dug down deep. This is where we get the whole series title from, Dig Deep, from this verse right here, and laid the foundation on the rock. So let's just hold off there for just one second and think, I want you to think in your own mind, what, what, what you know, if you kind of picture building something, and, and, and again, when the bulldozers come out here and we start digging in there, part of it's going to be to dig up a hole. What, what images come to your mind? Does it, what, what things kind of, um, you think of being like real laborious, like, oh man, we got to dig. What, what, what do you think of in your own life as you begin to think, what would it look like for me to dig down deep in my life in order to put, rest my life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. What would that look like? And we're all going to have different answers and you don't need to shout one out, but it's just think about your own life. What is digging down deep look like? We were at small group on Friday night and um, I asked this question to the small group and uh, you know, I, I, when we do that, I always have an answer in my own mind that I, I think is a, a, a right answer. But typically, like in every small group I've ever led or ever been a part of, it's the community of the people in the small group that come up with the best idea. And one of the uh, people in the small group said, Man, when we dig, uh, sometimes we uncover things. 
You know, it's not that we don't want to dig because it's too laborious and it's too hard. It's we don't want to dig because we've buried some stuff there and we don't want it to come to the surface. I thought that's a great idea. I'm going to steal it and make it my own and I'll look really smart. And I did. I just took it right from him. No. But I, th- these are the types of things we're going to be talking about over the 11 weeks. What if we uncover something that we've been trying to hide? for a very long time, an insecurity, maybe something with our past. Maybe God wants to deal with something, an event that happened in our past that no one knows about ever. We've just hid it and buried it, and now it's time to come to the light. Maybe it's something we've never told anybody before. Maybe it's something that happened, and God wants to get it out into the light and heal it. So we dig down deep. Maybe it is something that's hard. Maybe we're addicted to comfort sometimes. And so the, the thought of digging down deep and maybe, you know, whatever, how we spend our time, how we spend our money, these are some of the things we're going to be touching on in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, maybe it is just too hard. And how do we get past that? He says, they are like a man building a house who dug down deep. He, they did the, he or she did the work and laid the foundation. Now watch this. When a flood came, because they're coming... You can't stop the floods. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. We are going to be talking about a well-built life. And as you begin to think of what that might look like, that was one of the questions we asked our small group on Friday night. What what does a well-built life look like for you? Where are some areas you'd like to shore up? And so we went over some things. Self-control, went over uh, patience, these different things. Forgiveness, uh, gentleness. I, I wish we, you know, I, I could get over this, this thing. And so we're going to be talking about that. A well-built life. Some of you are here this morning because your life is not well-built. And you're just like, I got to do something. And maybe you don't even believe in God or you don't really understand the Bible that much. And you're just going, look, all I know is what, what I was doing before, it ain't working for me. And so you're here. Other, others of you, we had the youth stay in here because you're pre-crash. <laughs> like, like we want to talk to the youth like, man, you don't have to have a life that crashes. You don't have to have, you can have a well-built life from the very beginning. You don't have to go through all the pain that some of us have gone through with bad decisions and bad relationships and uh, things that we've done. You, you're pre-crash. And so we want to talk about that. As he goes on, he says this. But the one who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. He's like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. See, Jesus doesn't sound like he's rebuking right now. I think what he, the, the way I hear Jesus as he talks about this is, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You know what that's like? When it, when it, when it, when it happens, when it comes, it, it's gonna, your life's going to crash. You got to get this stuff shored up. And it's not like a works, like, you know, because I'm sick of it. You know, he's like, no, this is a well-built life. A life built on the foundation of who Christ is. That we come to him and that he saves us by grace through faith. And then he empowers us in order to make change. And to, he's a, we're going to talk, one of the weeks we're talking about is we serve a God who transforms. 
And so I'll tell you in a little bit kind of how we're going to play out these 12 weeks. But one of the weeks we're going to talk about it, God is a God who transforms. Did you know you really can change through the power of God's spirit? Okay. And so he says, uh, he's like a man who built his house in the ground without a foundation. You know what? As I was reading this and I was trying to get into the, 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 the meaning of the scripture, the saddest part of this is that they built a house. Like they, there were... They, the person who built the house without the foundation went through all the labor of building a house. And so it's not like they were just lazy and then the floods came and they're like, well, I don't know, I guess I'll sleep in a cave. They went through it. And, and some of you are here right now because you've been painstakingly building your house and you just got hit by a flood. And you're like, ah, I just put in new crown molding and now it's all gone, you know? It says it, uh, without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Man. What do you, what do, you do with that? Have you ever made a decision that um, was a crash decision? <laughs> you, you ever been talking a lot and no actions and all of a sudden it, it comes to roost. You know, it's like, so, uh, have you ever, have you ever, like, been so inspired by something on television that you ordered it? Like, so they have, I'll tell you a few that I've been tempted to order, and I'll tell you when I ordered, uh, I was, they have this new thing, um, it's like a clay pot, and you can put an apple in there, and, and then you put it in the microwave, and it makes, like, a baked apple. I wanted to buy that thing, and you could make onions, and soup, and stuff like that, I just, I just saw it and I wanted it. That little silver bullet mini blender. Oh, I didn't buy those. But one thing I did buy, I was just enamored with this guy who, 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 who was showing me that I could just be ripped. I could just be shredded. Okay? And I'm like, I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. And he's like, you can do it. And he's pointing at the TV. And I'm like, me? He's like, yes, you. And it's like, it's like and there was a limited quantity. And so uh, I, I had to get right on it. It was really a stewardship issue more than anything else. And um, it was called the Insanity Workout. Okay? And, um, and so I bought it. And it's, not, it's nice. It comes in this um, really nice, like, uh, pouch. And this, the DVDs are awesome. And um, I've never used it, ever. <laughs> Not even once. Matter of fact, I haven't even put, I, the, if you'd like to buy it, uh, I'll sell it to you for a good, like they're not, I've never used, I've never pulled it out of the sleeve. Insanity, that's what's insane about it. I just, it's like, here's some money, you know, and it just goes. And worst, when I'm, when I'm looking at my television, watching television, and I got my bowl of chips and all that kind of stuff, it sits there mocking me. Okay, remember this? Remember you bought this? Hey, fatty, may, stupid, come on, look. Look, remember this? Remember me? Remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember you. Okay? Now, it's funny, and yeah, I never used it, and I, honestly, I will sell it to you cheap, but think, it's not going to do any good unless I do it. Unless I actually take the DVD out of the sleeve and put it in the DVD player. That's funny and, and all this kind of stuff. And you can mock me and call me lazy and all this. And I, I'm guilty of all of it. But imagine if it's not just the insanity workout. It's Jesus. And he's sitting there like, come on. Come on. You got it. Just let's, let's start doing some of this stuff. 
let's get our hands dirty. And you can make all the different references about working out or whatever. But this is what we want to do over the next few weeks. Now, I, I wrote down some things I'd like to accomplish and some just kind of right off the bat, some things I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do. Um, so let's see. Yeah, some things for this series. The first thing is try to be here each week. Now that's just not me going, you know, the pastor going, you know, please come to my church, please come to my church. It's going to be super important as we go through all these different things. What, what we're going to do is next week we're going to talk about uh, false narratives. These are things that maybe you've told yourself your whole life that are untrue. Or, or maybe someone's told you this your whole life. You have a narrative that goes on in your brain. I'm so clumsy. I'm so whatever. These, these different narratives. I can't, I'm not smart enough. I always fail. All these kinds of things. These are false narratives. And we're going to start uncovering some of those. These are some of the things I talked about when we dig down deep. We uncover. Some of us have false narratives uh, going through our brain. And we, the scripture is the truth of God. And so we want to change those narratives to match the truth of God. I'll give you an example that I gave the small group on Friday. Uh, I was behind this lady uh, um, and, and the light turned green. Um, and it's really weird because as my wife will attest, I'm super patient uh, usually uh, at these types of things. And so um, I did what I normally do and I'm just like, Lord bless her. No, I didn't. I was like, oh, hello, it's not getting any greener, you know, so she starts off, and so I said to myself, oh my gosh, you know what, I am so impatient, now, that sounds right, you're all looking at me like, yeah, no, that's not a false narrative, you really are impatient, but listen, listen to how subtle these things are, I'm not impatient, the, the fruit of the spirit of patience is not being manifested in my life, that's the true narrative. Patience, which is a fruit of the Spirit, which means it's available to everybody, is not available, uh, is not manifesting itself in my life. So we're going to talk about that next week, talk about these different narratives and what, what it means to kind of change our thinking, be, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the next two weeks, we're going to talk about the vision that God has for you. What is God's vision for you? If my narratives, my false narratives are moved away, what is the vision that God has for me? And we're going to talk about that for two weeks. And then for the next eight weeks, we're going to go through eight characteristics of God. That he's good, that he's loved, that he transforms. We're going to go through eight of those and we're going to talk about what does that mean in my life as I grow closer to God. And then each week we're going to have these different soul exercises that hopefully are going to break you out of some, uh, some habits or maybe some routines or whatever. And they don't even have to be bad habits, but we're going to break. And then the last three weeks along with this is we're going to, we're going to take a 21 day fast. And uh, so I want you to be thinking about that and praying about it now and eating as much as you possibly can now so that, no, uh, we'll talk about what we can fast. It doesn't have to be food. It, it, we'll, we'll get through all that, but that's, that's where we're going on that. So try to be here each week. Do the exercises, even if it's hard. Even if you're like, you, know, you want to pick one of the baby exercises, that's fine. Uh, but, but do them. Try to get in the pattern of thinking, okay, that's right. This week I'm supposed to be working on this. It's like having a personal trainer and you go in and, and, and he's like, okay, you ready to go? And you're like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'd like to just walk around the gym. If you could just show me around, that'd be awesome. Okay. Actually do the exercises. Okay. Take risks. 
Some of these things that we'll do are risky. And let me tell you, I promise I won't have us do something just for the sake of it being risky. It's going to be intentional, which we'll talk about in a second. These are, but, but some of these things are going to stretch you. Some of these things are going to have you talking to people you wouldn't normally talk to. Not with a bozo hair and a John 3.16 thing. It just, you're just going to have you stretch, kind of coming out of your comfort zone. Uh, increase giving. You're like, I knew it. It was dig deep into your wallets. I knew that. I knew the pastor was going to talk about money. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but, but for the 12 weeks, one of the exercises is to give more. Now, you're like, well, that works out good for you. It doesn't have to be to the church. It can be, and I'll be ta- I'll, that's the context in which I'll be talking about it, but, but it doesn't have to be. It's just if you give I, always, I tithe every 10%. I tithe, I tithe, I tithe. I would, I would encourage you for the next 12 weeks to give just a little bit more and watch what God does just for 12 weeks. If you've never given to a church, you don't even trust churches. You're just like, man, I knew they were after your money. Just try a little bit. Try it for the first time. Break the cycle. If you've, if you've given sacrificially and you're like, you know, it's at a certain thing, just, just begin to seek the Lord. This is just one of the... What I've noticed in my own life, this is one of the key places God uh, meets me. Um, be intentional, okay? Be intentional. Think about your day. Think about, okay, if, if, if you're, one of your things is to have a quiet time every morning, uh, which is just a time alone with God or whatever, think about how that's going to affect the night before. Be intentional. Think about, okay, what, what other things need to change Increase community as best you can. Try to connect with someone else. Maybe someone you've never connected with at church. Maybe you go into a small group. Maybe, you, maybe uh, there'll, there'll be a couple of small groups starting up. Maybe you just take a risk and you get into community that way. And then serve somehow. And uh, we'll have places for you to serve. And you, you can uh, uh, hear. But it might be that you serve somewhere else. It might be that you end up some, somewhere in the neighborhood serving, doing something, picking up trash, whatever. And so these are some of the ways we're going to hopefully break out of our, our comfort zone.